0: Hello, Gospel on Tap, soon to be Kingdom Polemics. Let me say it again, Gospel on Tap, soon to be Kingdom Polemics. Giving you a heads up, so when stuff changes, you know what happened. I haven't done this in a while, this is uh, Pastoral Reflections. But I want to do some pastoral pastoral reflections uh, with the Matt Chandler situation in mind. I'm going to do something a little bit different than others. Um, I'm not going to go into the situation and figure out and speculate as to whether he did more than what he said. Or exactly what he said. What I'm going to do is take what he said at face value and think about the generic evangelical world, the big Eva world, the new Calvinist Acts 29 world um, by taking this situation at face value. I mean, I will make some commentary about uh, Chandler's ministry. But again, it's it's more just based upon what what we see. Just thinking about the br- bigger situation, the broader situation, and uh, taking some taking some uh you know drawing some conclusions. I would say. So here's the first thing uh, I thought as I was listening to all the chatter about Matt Chandler, and and that is um, that in the evangelical universe, broadly speaking. There is a tendency towards impulsivity that uh, inevitably leads to something that catches our attention and leads to apologizing before the whole world. But there's a broader pattern of impulsivity. Uh, And just take Matt Chandler as an example of this tendency for uh, the church to be led by impulsivity. Matt Chandler... Has okay, this thing about this woman, um, being irresponsible and uh, I would say just impulsively irresponsible with her. This is uh, nothing new with Chandler. Uh, Chandler went into vocational ministry without any formal training, impulsive. Uh, he started doing, I think, seminary training or way, 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 way later, just by choice. Um, he His first years, many years of sermons were taken down off the Village website because of how bad the content was. So again, like you start a public preaching ministry and you have to literally remove it from access to your church. Because you were saying things in a way that you shouldn't have said them, and and uh, so why were you? Uh, I'm not talking about the need for us to grow, but like literally, like you take years of preaching off because you impulsively got into that position. Matt Chandler has a, a history of outbursts of of anger that are not debatable. Meaning, like you have the clip of him in his members meeting. Uh, screaming at a member who said something critical anonymously and saying, write your name, say your name, you narcissistic zero, you know. He's just like going off very, uh, in the way he going off on somebody the way someone would who didn't know God would, minus like swear words. And so there's an impulsivity there that that you see, just going off. Uh, very uh, carnally on a member who made a comment about the church secretly. Uh, you see impulsivity with, with Chandler, with just, I mean, George Floyd thing happens and the, and the race conversations happens. And all of a sudden now he he moves from being like the the charismatic guy to the gospel guy to then like, you know, the social justice guy. And he got very brash and passionate about it, started slamming people in the head publicly who didn't believe that we should begin embodying the language and uh, paradigms of ministerial talk that mimicked uh, the mainstream left media. And using their terms and talking about the things they were talking about, he just jumped on that bandwagon, jumped on it full force, and then just started like just going off on people who differed. And you know, said so we're we're kind of like bigoted. We're kind of like, inc- <laughs> and then you know, like he he's a a part of the charismatic movement, and the charismatic movement is always about impulsivity, impressions, and words from God, and um, so something happens, you feel something, you experience something, you encounter something, you hear something, and that impulsive moment becomes this objective thing that fits into your spirituality. Going back to the impulsivity of Chandler, when these things were going on, when a cop shot somebody and it was on the news, like, you know he had a set of black pastors get up on the stage and just go off on white people uh and and just like uh basically like make every I mean I wouldn't fall in this category like I I would be in the latino category but just basically you know impose the white guilt I mean I think that that was very impulsive you know like there's something going on in in the the, the cultural world and it, and the narratives are later to come out about what actually happened with the police, come out later to say something different. But like you have this panel and you let these guys just go off. Um, That was very impulsive. And so what we see with someone like Matt Chandler, who just represents, I think evangelicalism in general, is a, a tendency towards ecclesiological, missiological, and personal impulsivity things happen very quickly very reactively and so this event of impulsivity with the woman whatever it was and how bad it is or how bad it not is it's just a trend of impulsivity in the piety of uh generic evangelicalism and and Chandler in particular another thing that i notice uh, as I process the situation, is uh, the issue of polity. When I say polity, I mean, the uh, way churches are governed, and uh, or not governed, or governed uh, with secular principles rather than biblical ones. You, li- you notice something about what the elders did at uh, the village church, is they hired a legal team from a firm to look into this issue with Matt Chandler and this woman. Now, if he committed a crime, okay, then of course it is in the civil sphere and um, you need to find those appropriate um, figures to get involved. But my guess is, now my guess is not a, Arbitrary guess, but based upon what was said, is that this man did not do something to disqualify him for ministry. It's safe to say that he didn't do anything illegal that was of a criminal nature, um, or even a civil infraction, which is still would fall into realm of of judicial issues, just a different uh, court system, and yet. He still was dealt with, and you still manage this, by secular people that operate in some other paradigm. Uh, that's a problem, guys, not just with Chandler's world, but just the world in general. Like you know who's responsible for investigation of spiritual matters? It's the officers of the church that have been appointed to discipline, discern, decipher, and decide. And so what we have here with Chandler's, this Chandler situation and just in general is that we have all these people that they turn to like these nonprofits and these professionals and these investigators and they entrust matters of discipline and oversight and and discernment and judgment uh, to those that God has not entrusted them to. Uh, it's very clear to me in the in, in the scriptures that when it comes to overseeing matters of of sin, that is been entrusted to ordained officers, not to you know these uh, special agencies or whatnot. It goes back to the the idea that we we've replaced the the family we we re- we've replaced the institutional things that God works through, like the family, or like the ordained officer by the so-called specialist and elite people. Another thing I thought is, <laughs> so yeah. Village Search with Chandler decided that they were going to handle this by you know publicly to the whole world talking about this man's issues with a woman and also um, by involving a, a legal team. Uh, guys, this is the issue of congregationalism. Okay. If, if your church wants to, you know, you know, deal with discipline issues with law firms and, and psychologists and all this stuff, you can, because you're pretty much able to do whatever you want. You're not accountable to a locality and a broader structure. And that's a problem. That's a problem. I mean, if, uh, if in my situation or setting a Presbyterian, uh, does not confide and use the proper structures that we all are supposed to use and we've agreed to use, then, then, then we could say, hey, you, you guys approached this wrongly. But this is the thing, like every church does what is right in their own eyes. And we don't even notice that to be the actual problem. We all think, oh, you know, well, Matt Chandler, you probably did something shady with a chick. Wow, that's the problem. No, the problem is that the village church does whatever they want with their pastors. Like, uh, entrusting non-spiritual figures that have been ordained and set apart by God a discipline to oversee this, you know? another thing is, like, we, uh, in, in the Presbyterian world, we have a BCO that tells you how you discipline, how you uh, uh, do investigations, okay? So, meaning that every church does not have random policies that it can kind of, so basically, like, you know, you can deal with sin this way, and we can deal with sin this way, like, Being in a polity that has a structure, that has a uniformity of, of bylaws allows for there to be some predictability and some, you know, plausibility of doing things well. But like, I'm listening to this, these elders talk and it's basically like Village Church is doing whatever we think is fitting. They refer to their, their staff policies. Okay. As if there's anything in Scripture that, that has this idea that we have staff policies, corporate policies, <laughs> to, to govern a church. Um, every policy should not be a staff policy, a corporate policy. Our policies should be governed by that which is inferentially so or true by Scripture. I mean, when I heard that, and, I, and I've heard other things about churches like the Village Church, they have like these corporate policies that, that are are quasi uh, business-like. And when you're talking about dealing with matters uh, in the church, you're, you're operating from the arbitrary paradigms and principles of pagans, because you think that like you can operate with these categories and paradigms and principles in the church that are not actually from scripture, but just from just, the intuitions of like, you know, secular people and their corporations. You also see this issue with polity, um, with the uh organization that Matt, 20, Matt Chandler was a president of. I'm not sure if he is a president right now, but he was for a long time the president. Um, that that whole structure is invented, uh, by the people that have chosen to make it whatever they want. They have boards and they have all these, uh, you know, quasi staff positions, and, and it's not governed by officers, right? It's not governed by actual church polity. Um, it's they have all these positions and structures and things that are just quasi corporate. So I want you to think about this situation with Chandler and generic evangelicalism, Big Eva, New Calvinism, as a real, uh, Warning to this kind of unbiblical polity. Another thing um, that I noticed uh, as I considered Chandler's situation is the therapeutic gospel that is undergirding a lot of our language, which informs our discipline. The therapeutic gospel that undergirds our language and our preaching and affects our discipline. If you notice something about what was said about Chandler, it was he did some things that a pastor shouldn't do. He did some things that were, are not consistent with like the standards of elder. And yet, the terminology for him was health, growth, care. It was all of this therapeutic language, which doesn't have the teeth of judicial ethical sin language and i thought wow isn't this so telling of much of the issues in the generic evangelical world and also even in my backyard of the pca is there is a therapeutic redemptive perspective a therapeutic gospel okay where jesus work of redemption is not Forensic, judicial, vertical. Um, It has been hijacked by this horizontal, sentimental, personal, getting better uh, ness. And that underarching theology leads to us disciplining people with all of this therapeutic language, not this actual courtroom language of indictment. And so as I saw the language of these elders, I thought about the language in the church that is often predominant. It, it is, it's not judicial language. It is therapeutic language. And that softens the gospel. It softens our morality. And it softens the way we discipline people when they are erring. I saw that whole conversation on stage in a way that was not distinctly Christian. It seemed to be indicative and reflective of a couch with someone with a DSM-5 or 6 or whatever the latest version was. Another thing um, that I thought about with the Chandler situation was evangelicalism in general's post-modern tendencies, evangelicalism in general is post-modern tendencies. What I mean by that is you're saying something, but you're not saying something. He's not qualified, but he's not disqualified. He didn't sin with this woman, but he did things that he shouldn't have done. <laughs> that's the postmodern use of vocabulary that makes your vocabulary meaningless and like this putty that can say everything at the same time. And I, I, thought as I thought about this, I thought about Matt Chandler wanting to say neo-Marxist things in public and then say, I am not a neo-Marxist. I am not, you know, I'm not a social gospel guy. So you're saying something, but you're not saying something. So you, you know, you, you <laughs> it reminded me of um, the softness on gender specificity in the reformed world, broad and narrow. Well, yeah, uh, I, 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 I am acting like an egalitarian, and I'm governing like an egalitarian, but I say I am a complementarian. Okay. Um, my wife is preaching, but you know she's not a pastor. She's just acting like a pastor. It's like you, you, you're saying something and doing something, but you're not doing something. The same thing with the Moscow people. They they say legalistic, works, righteous things, and then they say, "Yeah, I said that, but that's not what I'm saying." And so, like, I wasn't when I when I said something about conditional justification. What was at, what I was actually saying was was actually free grace. So when I heard this. He's being disciplined and he's not in line with the standards of, of 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 pastoral requirements, but he didn't really violate these requirements, but he did violate them. I was like, this is a problem. We can't definitively say anything. And whenever we try to definitively say something, immediately the hands go up and say, How dare you say? Something definitive about something because I can say whatever I'm doing. Basically, like whatever I say I'm doing is what it is. So, you know, I'm not cheating on my wife by caressing a woman. I am consoling another woman. Okay. This is a problem. I am not violating the clear gospel. By preaching this systemic, you know, neo-Marxist CRT-loaded terminology with the gospel, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just preaching the gospel, you know, and and applying the gospel. So it's like there's this slipperiness that makes you defining what you do totally unobjectively discernible. And purely up to your interpretation of what you say it is. So when I heard this, these elders talk about Chandler, it was like, this is postmodernism. This is evangelicalism. This is the, this is a problem. I also thought, wow, why on earth, why on earth is something like this being told to the entire world? Okay. Um, now, you can say that there may be reasons to do so and and whatnot, but let me say this. Um, something that, that is this sensitive should definitely be a, you are a member of the church conversation, not thousands of people on the internet, thousands of people in attendance that don't know God or have no interest in accountability like you just roasted your pastor and you say roasted I mean I'm I'm not saying that, that, that they shouldn't have called him out but you know you roasted your pastor um publicly in a way that was not necessary it, it just reminds me of In the evangelical world, there's this virtue signaling culture. You know, whether it's like the it's it's even in the cultural world, like like some mom has an issue with her kid, and all of a sudden she makes a video about her kid being sad, and thousands and thirty thousand people are now into this. Like like there is this need to um, broadcast um, what you do for whatever reasons you want. You know, maybe you're, you're trying to make yourself look like. You're trying to make yourself look good and light of something bad that uh, I believe is 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 a problem. We, we like live in like this virtue signaling piety in the church where everything is everyone's business in some unqualified sense. I shouldn't be talking about this guys. I shouldn't be hearing about this guys. I shouldn't be knowing about this guys. This is the business of the members of the church. And if you're not a covenant member invested in the church, um, it's not your business to know what is going on with Matt Chandler and, and a woman in the church. This is very irresponsible. This is very unwise. Um Matt Chandler says, oh, I feel really great about my elders and what they have done and, and what I, I I would not feel great if something like that became a worldwide conversation. Uh, of that nature. And uh but you know what hey that's 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 kind of the culture, right? It is a virtue signaling culture that does everything in your face for all to see. I also saw something in this event that was reminded me of wokish piety. What I mean by wokish piety is what I see with Chandler's and um, those like him is this tendency to be tenacious and ferocious uh, about the marginalized disadvantaged person like like Matt Chandler has been ferociously um, advocating for you know minorities being abused and all these things, and this ferociousness um, you see in the new Calvinism, big evil world. And you know what I've noticed is um, this ferocity for those who are disadvantaged is, doesn't seem to be expressed in your immediate small circles, your immediate small circles of proximity. What I mean by that is a lot of these guys, um, they have this platform of championing the least and the last and the low, right? Um, but they oftentimes find themselves in their smaller circles beating up on people. Like you've seen, like, you know, Chandler was beating up on one of his, one of his church members for just not coming out publicly with his criticisms. <laughs> and now you see this, like, I mean, whatever Chandler did, he, he, he was not looking after the interests of this woman. He was not protecting her. He was not uh, ferociously protecting her well-being. I don't know about you guys. I, I keep seeing this. I keep seeing these people that are publicly uh protective of the more vulnerable people in society. But when you go behind the curtain and you see how they act with people very close to them, they're not. They're not they're not, they're not protecting people. They're actually they're they're actually harming people close to them and beating up sheep and you know putting women in situations um, that, that is inappropriate. And that makes you really wonder. It makes you really wonder and question a lot of these, uh, you know, progressive, woke, social salvation preaching guys that are so ferocious um, for the so-called uh, disadvantaged, whatever they're, whoever they're talking about. And yet, um, behind the scenes, man, like, you ain't protecting folks. You're putting them in danger. And so maybe maybe uh, this is just a, a means to notoriety. Maybe this is just a, another place to grandstand and make your church larger. I don't know, it, but it seems grossly inconsistent, inconsistent, which also brings me to consider the, the church growth piety that we see around this situation. So why is Matt Chandler, uh, the, why was he the president of Acts 29? You know, why why is he, you know, in all of these platforms and, and, and things, like, why is it? Well, it's really simple. Um, it's because the guy is super gifted and super successful, like from a from a horizontal earthly perspective. Super gifted and and super successful. And if you notice something about the people in like Acts 29, The people in Acts twenty nine that like have positions of authority, they all are usually, for the most part, um, super gifted and super successful. Very rarely do you see people in the big evil world um, have a significant point of leadership without them having like a extraordinary level of gifting and also an extraordinary level of numerical success. And what we're seeing with the Chandler situation. Okay, he's making the Driscoll situation, uh, the, the the Dan Patrick situation, the guy who killed himself, okay, the Tullian situation, all these guys, okay, the, the James McDonald situation, is you really need to rethink this person being very gifted and very successful as being the piety that merits a level of credibility and spokesmanship platform in, in in uh I guess in in the evangelical universe. How many times are we going to give somebody a level of notoriety that is beyond a local church simply because they're very gifted and they are very horizontally successful? This is a part of the church growth piety um, that is very common um, in the West and evangelicalism. And all of the gurus, it seems, as time goes on, who had um, these unique positions of, and voices um, in the church um, with their piety of gifting and Success and, and and success are just proving to not be able to persevere long term. We need to really think about that. Let me also say this about the Chandler situation: What goes around comes around, and what I mean by that is 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 Chandler is now being examined to be someone who abuses power and grooms people. That's the narrative being portrayed by Chandler. They say, oh, he was a youth pastor in his mid-20s, 23, and his wife was 17 when he met her. He used his position of power to to use her, to manipulate her, to, to marry him. And you're seeing people follow that power narrative and abuse narrative all the way to this situation now i wouldn't do that but mr chandler and big eva what goes around comes around y'all have been running your mouths for years uh calling people in power and having privilege um to be unnecessarily Abusive and indictable for their privilege and power, not on the basis of of of, of courts, not on the basis of two or three witnesses, not on the basis of actual church polity, but on the basis of what elites in society in the church say about everyone in positions of power. And here you are going on you were going on witch hunts going on witch hunts for people in power simply because they had power and attributing things about them that were not so because you bought into the whole woke stuff. And now it's coming back to bite you where you were biting people. What goes around comes around. And I don't think it's fair, but hey, what goes around comes around. A lesson to all you guys, the woke world will eat itself for breakfast the woke world will eat itself for breakfast so you have this christianity that christianity today likes to write about uh and the second you do something wrong christianity today will write about you so you join like christianity which is a very progressive woke infested so called christian think tank and uh the second that you as a christian uh do something stupid they're ready to like roast you because the thing is the woke movement is anti-christian. The woke movement is anti-christian even though many Christians are promoting it and eventually um it'll turn in on itself and eat itself for breakfast. It is that way because there's no gospel, no true gospel, no biblical gospel at the center. So here's my last thought about the Chandler situation that I think um I would like you to think about audience is uh, consider Presbyterianism over personalityism. Consider Presbyterianism over personalityism. Presbyterianism is what governs the church, is a preeminence and priority of principles found in Scripture, found in historic documents. And found in a connectional system of courts with policies and procedures, everyone is subject to the objectivity of a connectional structure of courts, a confessional set of boundaries in history with agreed upon documents that are enforceable grounded in the scriptures. What we have seen in the Big Eva, New Calvinism, all this stuff, world, is that personality, personality drives the principles. Personality drives the procedures. Personality drives the doctrine. So now, you know, Matt Chandler was talking about gospel, 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 President of Acts 29, then he starts talking about like, you know, race, 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 justice. Guess what? Now we're all on this paradigm of, of socio sociological you know piety. Why? Because the personality has now dictated the procedures and principles. And all the heads of Acts 29 um have slowly slowly been falling. You know, you had Driscoll and you know you have uh this this new situation and you had you know the Patrick guy, Darren Patrick and I think I said it, Darren Patrick guy, the, the other guy, Steve, Presbyterianism. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a Presbyterian uh, necessarily, but embody the, the principles of Presbyterianism in the sense of procedure uh, and policy and principle um, govern um, a people, not the personality. Okay. Um the issue that we see in this situation is that um personalities become the standard. And therefore when personality becomes the standard, governance and discipline becomes arbitrary and problematic and here we are where we are. A personality ministry will lead to every man doing what is right in his own eyes and us seeing the situation with the way that we're seeing it. Like We're like, what on earth has happened? Well, people are governing however they see fit because they have a ministry based upon the priority and preeminence of a personality, which makes things arbitrary and random and unbiblical. So I think this is a, bit, a little bit different take on the... Uh, chandler situation hopefully it'll get you thinking about how you do church where you do church gospel on tap soon to be kingdom polemics signing off grace and peace